0: This morning we're reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, We looked at chapter 11 last week as we look at these instructions for faithful living. Uh, We've seen how the Bible is extremely important in our life. We've seen how prayer is extremely important in our life. This morning we're going to see how sometimes the problems that we face in life can be a wonderful opportunity to trust in the Lord and and grow in our relationship with Him. Again, we're reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verse 7 and 8, focusing on those two verses this morning. I don't know about you, but I've never met anybody who likes thorns. Whether you're trying to pick a bouquet for your wife, I've been there and have the scars to... or, Or whether you're picking blackberries, let me assure you, they are easier to pick in the aisle at Walmart than they are from the bush. Or trimming a holly bush. You know, security experts recommend that you plant holly bushes under the windows of your home to keep burglars from breaking into your home because they don't want to deal with the little pointy things on the end of all the leaves on a holly bush. What security experts don't tell you is how to trim a holly bush when it gets a little bit crazy. But, uh, you know, the reality is, bottom line, nobody likes Thorns. I know growing up in Texas, I, I knew to be somewhere else when somebody wanted to clear out some mesquite trees off of their land. Those mesquite trees, they don't have thorns, they have spears on their uh, limbs. It's just amazing how long the thorns can grow on those things. I have the ripped jeans to prove it of trying to walk through a mesquite patch one time. Nobody, nobody likes thorns. Paul didn't. He uses thorns a thorn to talk about a troubling reality in his life. He had a situation that was so distressing, he literally begged for God to remove it. And then god didn 't here 's how Paul describes it in second Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven. He says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me now let 's think about this for a minute Paul who 's been thrown in prison he 's been beaten he 's been Shipwrecked, he's been run out of town, and and much, much more. This same Paul has something that's so bad in his life, so much worse than those things, that he begs for God to take it out of his life. And then God doesn't take it away. Now, wait a minute. This is Paul. He's dedicated his life to sharing the gospel around the world. He's established dozens of new churches. He's led countless numbers of people to the Lord. And now God won't do this one thing that he's fervently asking him to do. What's up with that? Well, the answers that we're going to discover this Sunday and then we're going to return to this passage next week. Again, there's just an amazing amount of wonderful truth that's packed into these Verses. We're we're going to discover how all of us can face those thorns of life. This week, there's something we need to understand. That sometimes the thorns are there for a reason. From Paul's story, we we learn two very difficult truths. The first one is that humility is better than health. That's a tough one. That it's better to hurt than it is to be conceited. That it's better to know pain than it is to think too much of yourself. There's a a, a lot to understand here. And there's a lot of opportunities to misunderstand. So, so let's get down to the specifics. In the conclusions of Second Corinthians chapter 11, where we looked last week, Paul has been addressing some people who have been attacking his ministry. And so he describes those things about which he could boast. He talks about being a descendant of Abraham, about being a servant of Christ, who had, had suffered significantly if anyone had sacrificed for the kingdom of God. It certainly was Paul. And then he goes one step further. In the first verses of chapter 12, he describes an amazing, a a literally miraculous experience. It's so incredible that Paul uses the third person to talk about it. He describes how he'd been given a vision of heaven. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is permitted to tell. The result of this vision, no doubt, was to encourage Paul as he saw why he was sharing the good news, what it was he was pointing people to, what it was that that Christ was, was leading us toward this incredible experience of heaven. Knowing where he was going, it kind of smoothed out some of those bumps in the road for the Apostle Paul, made the journey a little less jarring. But it also resulted in something unexpected. Paul describes it in verse 7. He says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, note: now, no, uh, Paul doesn't complain about the vision. The pain of the thorn does not negate the amazement that Paul had of what he saw. But but Paul understood the reason why he'd been given the thorn. And for him, the thorn was worth it. We've all gone to the doctor and we've heard the, the nurse say, now you're going to feel a little pressure. I would really love to have a medical book where I could look up how it is that it is defined in the medical world, that word, pressure. I understand pressure to be somebody pressing on my arm, not somebody jabbing a four-foot needle in my arm. Uh, Okay, well, four feet may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but but that's what my eyes saw when she pulled that thing out of the supply closet. or, Or maybe that's how wide my eyes became once I saw what she was about to stick into my arm. But I went ahead and got the vaccination because I don't want the flu. I've had the flu. I've always heard it said, you know, if you have to wonder whether or not you have the flu or not, you don't have the flu. If you have a a cold, it can give you a scratchy throat, maybe a little congestion, make you feel a little bit bad. But if you have the flu, it makes you feel like you got run over by a Mack truck. You know if you've got the flu. So I'll endure a little pressure. So that I don't get the flu. You know, one of these days very soon, it'll it'll be my turn to get to have the vaccination for the coronavirus. And had somebody ask me the other day, you know, are you going to take that vaccination? I said, you got one with you? I'll take it right now. (laughs) I mean, I have heard the reports of how... Very terrible the virus can be in people's lives. I don't want that in my life. I don't want to expose anybody else to that. And so whatever it takes to get us through this pandemic to make sure that I don't expose anybody else to that kind of terrible thing. Hey, I'm rolling up my sleeve as we speak. I, I'm ready to do that. Paul was willing to endure the thorn. As bad as it was. And again, remember, he begged God To take this out of his life. He didn't beg God to take the prison out of his life. He didn't beg God to take the beatings out of his life. He didn't beg God to take all the other terrible things that were happening in his life. But whatever this thorn was, he begs God, not once, not twice, but three times to take it away from him. But he was willing to endure it because he realized that conceit was far, far worse. Now, we don't usually see it that way. We don't see conceit as dangerous. We might see it as negative. We might see it as something that maybe we don't want to have. But but we don't see it as something that's dangerous. But Paul did. He knew that anything that got in the way of his sharing the message of Jesus Christ was a disaster, including his own ego. So he was willing to endure something for something that he wanted much, much more. He was willing to endure the thorn to make sure that he continued to share the message of the gospel. That's a big one. What are you willing to endure for the gospel? What are you willing to endure? What would you be willing to lose so that somebody else could know about Jesus? It's tough, but that's exactly where we as believers need to be, where we see that sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ is more important than our own comfort. What are you willing to endure so that others are able to hear about Jesus for Paul? Humility that led to the spread of the gospel? Hey, that was better even than getting rid of this thorn. That's principle number one. That humility is better even than health. That's a tough one, but principle doesn't number two doesn't get any easier. Here's the sec- second thing that Paul describes that sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers for what we want. Because he knows what someone else needs. Now again, this is Paul. The apostle, the greatest missionary who ever lived, a man who gave up everything to share the gospel, and he is praying, he is asking God for something that hurts so much in his life. It hurts more than the imprisonment. It hurts more than the whipping. It hurts more than the trials. It hurts more than anything else that he's had to endure. It's so painful that he begs God three times to take it away, and God says no. Now, next week, we'll find out that God did something even better. So come back next week and and find out the rest of of this passage. It's it's a good one. But this week, let's take a look at, at God's answer to Paul. First of all, we're not told what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. And this has led to volumes of pages written by theologians who have made all kinds of guesses about what the thorn in the flesh might have been. Interpretations just run the gamut. Uh, it's been interpreted as weak eyesight, migraine headaches, pain, malarial fever, epilepsy, insomnia, depression, blasphemous thoughts. One commentator writes that the interpretations of what Paul's thorn in the flesh was have extended to every possible infirmity or temptation to which man is liable. I think there's a reason why the Bible doesn't tell us what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. Because if it did, if it said specifically what that thorn in the flesh was for for Paul, then then we could say, well, Paul had to endure that. But he never had to endure what I'm going through. (laughs) Most of us can identify with Paul. Something that we've prayed for fervently. Maybe it's a a situation in your life. Maybe a loved one is ill. Maybe you're having a a health crisis. Maybe you're facing the the loss of a job or whatever it is. Something tremendously painful. Something that's agonizing for you. And you come to the Lord and you you beg the Lord to to relieve the situation. And He doesn't. What does it mean? Many of you know the story of Johnny Erickson Tada who's paralyzed in a diving accident at the age of 17. God has used her testimony in wonderful ways to lead people to the Lord through the years. Now, what you may not know about her is that she suffered a diagnosis of cancer back in 2010 and had a reoccurrence of that cancer in 2018, just a couple of years ago. And when she was asked about it, She said that the cancer was no accident. This this is how she described it. She said, that was the path God wanted us on. We met so many nurses, hematologists, office assistants, you name it, who we were able to pray for and share the gospel with. That was the thing God wanted us to do through this journey. That's not some, you know, don't worry, be happy kind of attitude. She recognized the pain she was going through, a pain she had suffered since she was 17 years old. And now she's facing the pain of cancer and and treatment and and it hurts. But here's what she concluded. She said, I'm going to let the forces of this hurt and pain drive me to the cross. Isn't that great? (laughs) Well, that's a hard, difficult to accept. That sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer because he knows what other people need. As Johnny was going through her experience with cancer and treatment, she began to realize that was the case. That God was allowing her to go through all of this so that she could reach some people, the doctors and technicians and nurses and and others that she met along that journey. With a testimony about God's amazing grace in her life. And that testimony that that she has given for decades now. It has brought countless people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. People who never would have listened were it not coming from a voice of someone sitting in a wheelchair. We can let the pain that we face in life defeat us. Or we can let it drive us to the cross. We can use the testimony of God's sustaining grace to encourage others to look to Him. Now next week, we're going to see what Paul learned. It's a lesson we all need to know. But this week, consider the pain that you have in your life. Those unanswered prayers. And let it drive you to the cross. Ask the question, how could God use this experience in my life to point someone else to him? Heavenly Father, sometimes you allow us to experience some very difficult things in life, but you do that for a reason. You allow us to go through that journey because there are other people that need to know you. And as we experience your sustaining grace in the midst of our difficulties, we are allowed the opportunity to point other people to you. God, help us see that. Help us to see that humility is better than conceit. Help us to see that sometimes you allow us to experience difficulty and trauma in our life because someone else needs you. God, these are difficult lessons that are pointed out in this passage, but help us to see they are lessons worth learning. Because you are doing something amazing. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know where you are in your life this morning, but but, but maybe there's a journey that you're on. Maybe you're facing some, some tremendous issue in your life, or, or, or maybe there's some question that has brought you to the point that, that you're wondering, hey, could God really love me? Well, we want to help you this morning to understand the extraordinary, miraculous, wonderful truth. Whatever it is that you're going through has brought you to this point so that you could find out just how much God loves you. And we want to share that with you. Here, here online, we have some opportunities for you to do that. There's a, an online form at nationalheights.org hello. That uh, link is also on our Facebook page and then on our web page if you're watching us there. You just go to that link. There's a, 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 it's a welcome form there. If you'll give us some contact information, some way that we can contact you and then indicate, hey, I, I really need to know about this Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I've tried everything else in life and, and, and I need to know, is, is it true that God really loves me? We'll be in touch with you to share with you how God loves you so much he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And then to rise again in three days so that you could know beyond a shadow of a doubt how much he loves you. How he can transform your life. How he forgives you. How he cleanses you. How he can give you everlasting life if simply by faith you'll trust him. We want to share that with you. You just give us that contact information. Again at nationalheights.org backslash hello. Maybe there's some other way that God's leading in your heart today. Maybe you're looking for a church home. We'd be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights and how you can be a part of it. Maybe there's another way that God's leading you. Maybe you have a prayer request, something you'd like us to be praying with you about. Uh, There at the very bottom of that form, there's a text box where you can type in a prayer request and send it our way. We would be glad to pray with you in some area of your life, whatever it might be in whatever way God is leading you this morning. You listen, responding to his call as we continue to worship him.